What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode number 69, dudes, of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. In this episode, I speak about going to have homemade ice cream at a Queens, New York gem called Eddie's Sweet Shop, the Amazon original series, Snakey Pete, the movies, Manchester by the Sea and Fences. And I also speak about the Broadway play Cats and reading The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. If any of that sounds like it would be of interest to you in terms of my take and reflections on them, then stick around. You might enjoy the episode. And if not, feel free to check out the back catalog of All Spun Today podcast episodes, which are free and always will be uh, for your listening pleasure. All right, so first off, Eddie's Sweet Shop. This is a place in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. It's nearby where I live, probably like 15 minutes away or so, uh, driving. And it is a soda shop. This is what it's called. I guess that's what it used to be called back in the day. Um, But it's pretty much a place to get ice cream, like an ice cream, ice cream place ice cream shop i don't know if shop is the right word uh anyway it's been in the neighborhood in the exact same location for over 100 years it was i think i spoke about this probably in the past on the podcast but whatever i went there last night with my wife and uh sister-in-law and brother-in-law shout out to julia raul and um we went to get ice cream and what I like about it is the fact that it's been there for 100 years. I think there's only been like four different owners uh, throughout those 100 years. And it opened up in 1908 or 1907, if I'm not mistaken. I put a couple links in the episode notes, like a link to its Yelp page. You guys can see a few pictures of it, of how it looks inside, as well as an article by a local newspaper, the Queen's Tribune, that did a piece or wrote a piece on the history of the of the place and stuff like that if you guys want to check it out um but what's cool about it is that it's homemade ice cream that's really good and you kind of sort of get that old school vibe um going into the place because they they've kept it i think the same as it was back in the the last time they like remodeled it or whatever it was in like 1920s or 1930s so it's in that like the look is the same that like the tiles the the um the uh like utensils and and cups and shit that they use to put the ice cream in and and the milkshakes malted milkshakes that they make and stuff like that like all that um they've kept it in that like original look so it's kind of sort of like when marty mcfly goes back in time and back to the future and he goes to the the 1955s um like little diner or whatever where everybody was hanging out and it was like a throwback type of thing kind of get like that type of feel which is which is cool um the other thing that i like about it is that obviously it's like great tasting ice cream it's like really good you know if it was like shitty ice cream then everything else really wouldn't mean much um so it's really good ice cream you know ice cream is usually fucking good right <laughs> let's not let's not fuck around and kid ourselves but what's cool also about it is that it's like it's a sit-down place so you go and sit down like you would at a restaurant and you order ice cream and um like they give you menus they take your order and come back with your like ice cream or milkshakes or whatever. You know, it's not like like for example, 
I differentiate it from like a like a Carvel or or a, a whatchamacallit, what's that? The one where they sing and dance and shit for you when you give them a tip. Um, creamery, Cold Stone Creamery. Like those type of places, you could sit down there and eat, but it's, you know, you go up to a counter, order what you want, you know, they scoop it up for you, you walk over to the cash register and pay for it, then you could, I guess, sit down and eat if, in the fucking two tables that they have. But in a place like this, like, you literally go and sit down. It's not a huge place. Um, we had to wait online for a little bit, like, to get a table. But they have, like, a counter. We waited probably, like, 10 minutes for tables to free up because, you know, it's not, like, a full meal. People are just eating ice cream. And uh, you sit down in, like, a booth or a table. They give you a menu. They bring you the ice cream. You eat it. You know, you ask for the bill. And, you know, it's kind of like like restaurant style in that sense. And it's pretty dope. I definitely recommend it for anybody that's in the area or that comes to the area. Definitely check it out. Oh, and you know what else is cool? They have like old school uh, candies. Like on on one side, you have like all the ice cream stuff. And on the other side, they have like old school candies like um, uh, sugar daddies and now and laters and like stuff like that, which is which is pretty cool too if you want to take anything home. And it's pretty dope. So check it out. It's called Eddie's Sweet Shop, and I definitely recommend it. I'll see if I'll, I'll throw some pictures up on my my Instagram actually of the of the place and like what we ordered and stuff like that, so you guys can see like what the the portions look like. I just ordered like a regular one scoop sundae of maple maple walnut ice cream, which was really good with vanilla syrup and homemade whipped cream. I think it was, and um, it's fucking delicious. I could go for some right now. All right, next is Sneaky Pete, the Amazon original series. I finished watching it, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to a second season. And the show was, well, first off, I like uh, Giovanni Ribisi. I've told you guys, you know, it's a little... I was a little thrown off when I found out he was a Scientologist, <laughs> but, um, whatever, you know, teach his own, whatever works for you, right? Even if it's some like crazy wonky shit like that. But then again, what religions aren't, you know, you have to suspend disbelief to, to some extent for any religion that they, you ascribe to, I guess. And as long as you're not one of those, those like militant, preachy, culty selling ones, you know what I mean? Like in, in terms of like the, the followers of it, there's people that like to push stuff on you. Um, I saw an interview with him, with Giovanni Ribisi on, I, th- I want to say him, it was on Jim Norton's show, like serious uh, satellite show. And he asked him about it and he kind of had like a good like a Rubisi had like a good um response to it that kind of like i guess put me at ease in terms of oh no he's a fucking he's a loon um he was kind of like that other people that are into or that follow different religions like christianity or 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 that are muslims or you know whatever that are also actors like that's not something that comes up but because he's a scientologist or like Mormons or whatever. Um, but because he's a Scientologist, like it comes up and he says that he, I'm paraphrasing here, 
he pretty much felt that you know it's you know his own like personal belief and and it's like separate from you know everything else that he does and it shouldn't really be like the focal point of conversation uh when when it comes to like his acting and like shit like that which which i guess makes sense right like i don't we don't speak about uh denzel washington and and you know i don't even know what religion he is but let's say he's a christian or or a baptist or 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 a catholic or a muslim or whatever like that's not something that comes up like we don't know what he is but we do know what giovanni rubisi is you know that he's a scientologist just because it's a little out there i guess and weird and different and newer so i guess that's why it comes up but we should use the same principles i guess should apply that apply to one should apply to the other so i guess if on some level he feels that he's put on the earth to free us all of of thetans and and you know he's gonna get his own planet when he dies and like stuff like that then so be it as long as he's not hurting anybody in the process and you know what i was thinking too there's probably like different different levels like you have fanatics in in everything right you have fanatical like christians and muslims and and you know that are jihadists and stuff like that or or like mormons and and scientologists that are all up in that shit but you probably have like the more laid-back ones like you do with every other religion too like the ones that kind of sort of subscribe and it's more so for like certain rituals and certain holidays like yeah i'll do the whole you know i'll get my my i had my baptism do my first communion and then you know i'll do a confession or two between here and when i get married and then after that i'll you know confess before i die or something like that and i'll go to church five times between now and then or something you know what i mean like people that aren't like as go hardish they probably have that too in within scientology i would imagine but whatever it is what it is anyway the show itself was pretty dope it it felt like it went a little bit stale i would say like not too much was going on but there was still like setting it up um like between episodes like three and five three and maybe part of six but after that every episode was like really dope to watch the beginning of it was cool just to uh you know episodes like one one through three just for that like setup um stuff and see where all the pieces are and where everything lies and in terms of like the storytelling of it um but i think they stretched it out a little too much and towards the middle there but the it, it was like super engaging um definitely like the last half of it and it reminded me it finished off kind of like a oceans 11 uh type of thing like oceans 11 was the first one right that first movie <clears throat> uh, which was really good i thought um in terms of like those twists and turns and how did they pull this off how did they pull that off um that was pretty cool the acting was great you had a uh, giovanni Ribisi, obviously you had um brian cranston you had this dude um whose name i i forget but he was also in uh, mr robot um you had uh towards the end you had oh you know who's in it the guy that played like the dumb friend from euro trip which is a funny ass movie he's in it um he plays the attorney that is the ex-husband of cousin pete's cousin 
and you pl- you have the dude that played Will's father in The Fresh Prince, uh, Lou, like the deadbeat dad. That the guy that played him was also in it. He was like Maurice, I think his name was, and he was like a, a OG con man that taught uh, Marius like a lot of what he knew. <clears throat> was like a mentor to him and I, I like that that aspect of it it's like it, the show takes like a deep dive into like the con artist world and it's like you know that shit exists you know that world exists you know that world of like fake rolexes and and conning people out of money and running scams and schemes and they could be as short-term as uh, being a pickpocket to as long-term has several months worth of calculating calculated uh planning and manipulating several people simultaneously and a lot of moving parts and stuff like that which is an art form in and of itself i guess you know like shady albeit like a shady one but it is something that takes i would imagine like a certain level of intelligence and aptitude to be in and to pull off and just dealing with the variable that you're around like a shitload of like grimy fucked up people that don't follow rules and stuff like that is uh something that has to always be factored in and stuff like that and it's like interesting to like take a glimpse into that world or at least how they they portrayed it in this series which is really cool now another aspect that that i like about this show and the fact that it's an amazon original is that amazon netflix like these these non-traditional are non-traditional outlets to uh creating like emmy award-winning shows like netflix with house of cards and orange is the new black and like very high caliber shows and it's just continuing to push that you know with big name actors like brian cranston and giovanni ribisi and netflix um by the way uh is is releasing a movie with will smith one of the highest paid actors in hollywood um and it's a 90 million dollar movie like the budget for the movie is 90 million dollars that's like hollywood shit and it's being done by netflix and it's so cool to see that that being done and it's like disrupting the space but in a way that that us as the users benefit from it and that i think that's dope i think that's super cool and at first i like with that when that news came out of that netflix movie that that will smith is doing and you know other things like seinfeld signed a a you know multi-million dollar deal to do a, a like two stand-up specials and they're gonna do put uh, his web series on there comedians and cars on netflix um dave Chappelle also has like a two like a two or three stand-up comedy special deal and a movie or something like that with netflix as well and these like multi you know tens of millions of dollars uh deals uh getting done and i'm like how the fuck does netflix this like little rinky dink company you know thought just like in thoughts of like hollywood all of hollywood versus netflix type of thing like in that type of space um how are they fucking with them like like that and it's like when you break it down netflix has I looked this up. They have like 46.5 million viewers, a million subscribers. And I'm including myself as one of them. Let's round that down to just, let's say 46 million. And you know, there's different packages. I got the cheap one. Let's say everybody gets the cheap one, which is $7.99 a month. 
So a month, Netflix is, hold on, 46, 46 million times 7.99 a month. And this is gross, obviously, not, not fucking, um, you know, before any expenses. It's not net revenue or anything like that, but just gross. They're pulling in over $365 million a month. Like, that's how they could afford, like, all these millions of dollars, you know, and, and fuck with, like, Hollywood-level budgets and bring in these big-name actors. And, again, we benefit from that, you know. And um, it's, like, dope and, I don't know, like, inspiring and promising in some weird way. It's, like, more, like, direct-to-consumer type of business models uh which is pretty cool like amazon for example has something called has something called uh amazon uh studios amazon story writer where you can submit uh scripts like uh, ideas for shows or movies or whatever you can submit it through there directly to them um whereas before you would have you you know and those story those scripts and have the potential to become you know tv shows amazon originals or whatever uh tv shows and um uh or movies like the ones that that we're seeing being made or at least the concepts bought and stuff like that but you have like a direct connection to people that are actually making these things whereas like traditionally you would have to get an agent somebody to want to be your agent to then give them your scripts and then hopefully they have some sort of connections throughout uh studios in hollywood that make movies and tv shows and stuff like that and you know maybe someone sees it and you know just buys a uh a script off spec and just pays you for that and that's it and then it usually never sees the light of day and if it does then maybe it gets uh a pilot done and then if it does then you know most likely it'll never become a tv show and then if it does it might get picked up for half a season and then if it does that's probably as far as it'll go and then maybe it'll be a a full season and then if it is then maybe you'll get two you know what i mean like it's like a very shot in the dark type of scenario traditionally not that you know this this other you know amazon thing is like you submit a script and boom you're going to be the next creator of an amazon original film but it does create another avenue another outlet to get to that point it's not just that one go through an agent get signed with an agent and hopefully uh, wind up in hollywood and this is dope for the little guy you know like us um, or anybody who's into anything creative, like Amazon is doing great things within the space. That's where I, I self-publish and, you know, a lot of indie authors, their main source of revenue comes from Amazon in terms of self, self-publishing, having the ability to self-publish their own eBooks and, you know, uh, print books, you know, paperbacks and everything like that is very largely through Amazon. So companies like Amazon, Netflix, it's it's dope and inspiring to see them continuing to invest in these like direct to consumer consumer driven content creator content creating inspiring stuff i'll put a link also in the episode notes for anybody who's interested in checking it out um you can submit an unlimited number of scripts it helps you with like auto formatting 
so that you can you know just focus on creating the stories and stuff like that of whatever scripts you're you're uh you're submitting whether it's a like a drama series or uh you know mystery movie or uh children's cartoon script or whatever you know submit whatever you want as much as you want and good luck it's definitely something that i look forward to to working with i haven't uh, personally done it myself yet but like a long-term uh eventual goal of mine is to create a script uh a screenplay rather that's based on a novel that i've written and since i'm not the type for better or for worse to you know just move to to hollywood and live in my car and just write scripts all day and stuff like that um the novel that i'm working on now would probably be the first one that i try creating a uh, screenplay from like I've, I've played with screenplays before i think i mentioned to you guys um in terms of like I've, I've read a bunch of screenplays of like my favorite movies like back to the future and just screenplays that people uh say that you should study or that they do study in like nyu film school and stuff like that like the movie chinatown uh, which is uh, said to be like a like a perfect script or back to the future one was said to be one as well in terms of like all loose ends being tied and and just the having all the components that a script is supposed to within the genre of film that that they they are um and i i wrote uh an episode of south park that nobody has ever seen except me and i think i showed it to my wife or told her about it but just like a like a goof kind of you know like a practice type of thing and it'll definitely be cool to finish this book first off because i don't want to start off like on another project and because uh, that's a form of procrastination in and of itself you know like starting one project and another one and i like i caught myself doing that too much and like starting a short story and then getting the idea for another one then starting another one and then never finishing the first one and never coming back to it and then you not finishing shit um so i'm like really forcing myself to stick with this story that i've told you guys about already at nauseam that uh was a an idea for the short story i did a podcast about it to tell you guys about the, like the first draft of it that stretched out and became um a very long short story then to the point that it became a novella slash novel and that's what it's going to stay at but i'm going to stick with it until i finish it then thereafter you know think about uh turning into like a screenplay and see where that goes but it's just all fun you know it's all cool it's like awesome to have like these outlets and not just like create it for yourself on your computer but actually going somewhere and then you know who knows if it'll ever get go anywhere beyond that or be seen by anyone but just the fact that i could share it like on a podcast with you guys or to the half dozen people that have like purchased my book or anything like that um it's pretty dope just to be able to do that it's fun as shit and it's it's uh we owe credence to like companies like that like amazon and netflix that are opening up these these doors for us to kind of have like an outlet and avenue to be able to do that they like to set up the infrastructure for us to be able to put in the work and do what we got to do but yeah that's pretty much it with that so these two movies manchester by the sea and fences manchester by the sea was surprisingly 
like I, I heard that it was like a, a really good movie you know up for like movie of the year type of movie you know that's what like made me watch it or whatever but it was I didn't know what it was about I didn't know the plot of it I didn't know what the story was about I didn't know anything so I went into it blind and I was pleasantly surprised it was a very dark movie in a lot of ways like probably like mainly like a very dark movie but it had its moments of, of levity that like balanced it out very well for those of you that that haven't seen the movie fast forward a bit because i might spoil a few things but it's about casey affleck who's married to uh jen from dawson's creek and they have three kids together and they're they're young they seem like a, a touch over you know what's the word i'm looking for like they're in over their heads a little bit by by like a touch like they had a little too many kids like too quick um and they're trying to figure things out and he's working he works hard and um to make ends meet and he but he's he's still not like a grown-up yet really and still transitioning between you know the single go out party type life and with your friends and chill and drink and smoke and and do coke or whatever it is that you're into and the being a husband and father uh life you know which is two different two different worlds really and before fully transitioning to that role like they have three kids in the mix so one day he after you know uh a party with his friends and where all that shit is going on and chilling in the basement the wife kicks them all out and he winds up falling asleep on the couch and um he put like some fire like the house was cold he put some like firewood in the fireplace and then he went to the the corner store or something like that down the block to get some like a beer or some more booze or something like that because he was still wired and uh, couldn't fall asleep like that then when he comes back the whole house is on fire and the wife is outside like with an oxygen tank on her face but the three children died and long story short they find out that the while he was away at the store one of the fire logs rolled out of the fireplace and into the living room and that's what started the fire so he killed his kids and he they showed the point where he realized it uh, when he was being interrogated by the police officers and you could just like see the point where he did such an awesome job acting casey affleck um which is why i think he won um actor of the year for for this role but you could see the point where his heart broke watching that um explaining to the to the police officers what happened he realized that it was him you know he said it was it was my fault um once he realized that once he was going through like what he did that night and what happened and um it was it was like an emotional scene to watch and then um he was also upset at you know the cops pretty much said, okay, you know, that's it. You know, you can go home now, whatever. And then Casey Affleck was, like, taken aback a bit. He was like, what do you mean I can go home? 
Like, he thought, you know, like, he should be in jail. You know, like, it was his fault. And the officers explained that it was, if it happened the way he says it happened, it was a mistake. It was, you know, an unfortunate, obviously, mistake. A fucked up mistake. You did fuck up. You literally killed your children. But you didn't, like, murder them. You didn't. It was, like, an honest mistake, for whatever that's worth. And he's just wrestling with that um, throughout the rest of the film. And, you know, needless to say, his marriage didn't survive that. And it's like, throughout the rest of the film, it's almost as if he felt undeserving of, like, anything. Like, he completely um, isolated himself from his family, like, his brother, his, his, the rest of his family, all his family, and he moved to another, a neighboring town, and it was, like, a small town in Massachusetts that half the, half the town, like, knew him and, and understood that it was a mistake, the other half seemed to be, like, oh, he's a piece of shit, fucking drunk, that, that killed his kids, and it, it was interesting to see that, like, juxtaposition between you know different perspectives on the same situation um and he just couldn't live there anymore he couldn't like deal with that and he ran away from like those issues and like isolated himself he was living a very very secluded not let anybody anywhere near him emotionally type of life um he became like a janitor a janitor slash super of like two buildings uh living by himself and it was just he was just like living to die pretty much then long story a little bit shorter he winds up having to go back to the town because his brother who always had his back um uh passed away he had a a heart condition that they knew he was going to pass away younger than he was supposed to like he had like 15 years to live or something like that before all this happened um long story short his brother put him, uh, Casey Affleck, as his, like, next of kin, um, and, you know, wanted him to look after his, his son, um, and, you know, Casey Affleck has to come back and confront all his demons from the past, come back to the same town that he had left, and, you know, be pretty much the guardian of the parent to this kid that's his nephew, but that he, you know, doesn't really have a relationship with. And at the same time, you know, he's like hard on himself in the sense of, you know, like I'm a piece of shit father. You know, I can't be the father to this kid. And, you know, I'm doing just enough to keep it together, not fucking shoot my brains out. So I can't do this right now. I can't do this, period. Um, And he's like, but he's like, can't not do it because it's what his brother wanted and he had to be responsible enough to like confront the situation you know just to get him back into the town was is like moving mountains and um he did it very hesitantly um but he did it and very disconnectedly he did it and went through the motions and buried his brother and and look after his his nephew and um was doing it temporarily and he was going to pull his nephew out of out of that town the nephew was i think probably like 17 or 16 or 18 years old or like 17 
and um, he was telling his nephew, you know, after like after all this, like we're we're gonna move, we'll sell the house or whatever, you know. We're gonna move back to where I live, and the nephew's like obviously doesn't want that. He has his whole life there, and he's about to be eighteen, which he could be independent. And um, the the levity in the story ironically was between the conversations between them two was like really funny like funny like like me and my wife watching the movie like it's such a dark movie but the conversations between them two as short and concise and to the point as they were because that's the type of demeanor that casey affleck had um throughout the entire movie like he didn't want to speak more than necessary um like there were moments where we like laughed out loud like of just listening to the conversation between them two and that's like that's powerful writing right there to be able to emotionally take take an audience from just being in a watching a dark fucked up movie but then sprinkle in moments of of laughter like throughout it it's just a it's a really dope movie, man. Um, I saw it once, and now just like for speaking about it, I want to watch it again. So, definitely recommend it. Manchester by the Sea, check it out, folks. Next is Fences. I was expecting something completely different from Fences, and this is like my beef with um, um, what do they call it? like trailers and stuff like that. Like, I know sometimes trailers do a good job of like selling a movie and and like you're expecting something and i don't know if they do this purposely or not or maybe it's just like bad choices or just like different tastes or whatever but sometimes you watch a trailer and it's like they show you in the trailer like every single good part of the movie and then the rest of the movie sucks or sometimes they do they show you a trailer like in this case with fences they show you a trailer and you think the movie's about one thing which i thought it was like a father and son type of of you know old school father that's kind of like stuck in his ways ignorant to like new new things in the world and the son is like ignorant to old ways of the world and you know they're trying to like reconcile things between the two and i thought it was like that type of thing and the son was gonna be a football star and the the dad was a failed sports star like you know like i I thought that's what the movie was gonna be and it wasn't and I based that, like, on the trailers and stuff like that. So I was really looking forward to it because I'm into, like, father-son uh, type stuff. Uh, movies and stories. But the... It wasn't that... The movie wasn't completely that. It was partly that. Very, very minimally that. But it definitely didn't let me down. I liked the movie. And people say it was, like, Denzel Washington's, like, best role ever in terms of acting. And I... I think it was. I mean, all of his roles are, like, dope. You know, it's fucking Denzel Washington. But this is definitely up there. Definitely up there is one of the best, if not the best. I love, love, love in the movie all the dialogue. Like, there were long, long stretches of... um, There were long monologues. And, like, Denzel Washington telling stories of, like, when he grew up and stuff like that. There were long, long dialogue exchanges between... Uh, him and Viola Davis and um, him and his sons and then him and his best friend uh, him and his brother which is uh, Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump and it was pretty much to me like the story of Denzel Washington as being this this person that had a very 
very rough upbringing and the fact that he came out of it um you know he had an abusive father um left the house when he was 14 years old and by himself was homeless for a while he committed a murder um when he uh went to like stick somebody up and that person like pulled out a gun he got scared and stabbed them and he wound up killing the person and going to jail for 15 years and came out of that and for him to be anything other than just like a criminal is is like just within the context of if that's what you know you know being abused as a kid being on your own at 14 years old uh murdering someone and being in prison for 15 years and then coming out of that and being anything other than just a criminal from there on out is an accomplishment i think um but he that he definitely wasn't a like a good person or a good you know the best father or the best best husband or or whatever by any stretch of the imagination but just when you factor in like those things it's like if you told me all of those if you asked me to predict at that point like when he came out of prison like what's gonna happen with this guy it definitely wouldn't be that he became a long time you know garbage man and 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 you know put food on the table for his family um pretty much like i definitely wouldn't expect that um but he obviously had his faults tons tons of faults and he he felt that that's all he had to do was in terms of his family was to have uh the responsibility covered in terms of you know putting food on the table and shelter um over everybody's heads and clothes on their backs and that's it you know no necessity for like an emotional connection no you know you know it's kind of like that old school mentality if you guys have like older older relatives or anything like that it's it's a different age you know it's more like hard tough love it's like yeah they love you but they're not gonna hug you and tell you they love you every day like full house type shit so you understand where his character is coming from um even if you don't agree with it and then you know he was he drank a lot he i think the drinking allowed him to bond a little bit more ironically with his with his wife and at least his older son that he spoke to more uh, when he was drunk and like like spoke to more in terms of like opening up more and telling him stories of like when he was a kid stuff like that that they had never known about or heard before and just like joking around with his wife and being happy or whatever around her instead of like grumpy and miserable that all he amounted to was to be like a garbage man and he felt like a failure and the house that he has is because of his brother that was in the army and uh got like a metal plate put in his head from uh from a shot to the head and the army you know gave them like three g's worth of compensation and they used that to buy a house and the brother denzel washington was looking after his brother but his brother's like a a mentally ill person at this point and uh denzel washington is just kind of like self-loathing like throughout the movie and and projecting his insecurities onto uh his kids and uh his family really and wanting like his his youngest son to to pick up a trade and and go the secure route of you know find the job don't fill your head up with with these ideas of like playing football or or sports or anything like that the white man is going to keep you down etc cetera, etc cetera. um 
which comes from an era where that was probably more true in his time than it was in his son's. And my failures are going to be your failures. And, you know, it's coming from a good place of he wants better for his kid. But at the same time, it's coming from that that naive, ignorant place of things are different now. And I could do differently than you did. Um, but it was a good movie. It had like this, throughout it, it had like this percolating type of, of inquietude. I don't know how to say that in English. It's like... There's a lot of complacency, like, throughout the movie. Um, he, Denzel Washington, is kind of like, I wake up, I go to work, I get through the week. Um, you know, I drink, I go to the bar. He cheats on his wife, um, which later comes to light, and he winds up having a kid with another woman. Um, and he, you know, this is my life. This is what I got to go through the motions. Um, his older son is kind of, you know how they say sometimes you wind up being just like your father and sometimes you wind up being exactly the opposite of your father or your mother or whomever um, has like the like an influence on you. The he, he seems to have gone the route of being the opposite of his father and he was like, he wants to be a musician and he's going to follow this unconventional path no matter what. And uh, the wife, played by Viola Davis, which is another amazing actress. Um, she was complacent in the sense of I'm living, I'm playing the housewife role, which I guess was more like the norm for like the that time period. Um, but it's like that all her wants and desires take a backseat to the husband's. And, and it's like with the brother that was sick, it's like they care for him, and but they want him to be, or Denzel wanted him instead of having him like in a hospital and stuff like that. He felt bad about putting him in one. I guess he felt like he, his brother wouldn't want that or like he wanted to be free. And like, I guess even though like people would see him in the street and talking to himself and just seeing, you know, making up stories of stuff that he was selling and working with, with saint peter at the pearly gates and like stuff like that and you know people just seem like a crazy person and denzel like i just didn't want to come to terms with that i didn't want to see him as such and just wrote it off as you know let him be what he wants to be i'm not gonna like have him committed to to a hospital the youngest son always had uh like that chip on the shoulder of wanting to be different from his dad but he was a lot like him and and wanted to like prove him wrong and um, but want him to like be proud of him at the same time and he didn't know how to please him or he was too busy pleasing him and didn't know how to like please him and also pursue his goals like the way he wanted to um, with playing football and getting recruited to, to a college and stuff like that and then he wound up like I guess running away if you want to call it that and joining the Marines just to get away from the situation that he was in uh, with his dad, you know, being drunk and, you know, effectively kicking him out of the house and stuff like that for, like, disobeying him. And it was j just interesting just to see how every character in that movie chose to live their lives in the ways that they did and how they wound up at the end. And it ended uh, really nicely. I like the way that it ended. And that is Fences. Check it out, folks. All right. The last two things I have to speak about. First off is a Broadway play. 
Cats, which I went to go see with my wife. And I won it at a in a Broadway lottery, which I have mentioned to you guys in the past. Um, there is a video podcast extra episode number 57. If you guys want to check it out in the back catalog where I show you guys how to sign up for these lotteries um, where you can get very steeply discounted uh, Broadway tickets. And I got these, for, I think, for like 35 bucks each. And we got dope seats to see a Broadway play. And, you know, they're normally like 150 to $180 tickets each. And I got them for 35 bucks on a Sunday where we had uh, nothing else to do. So we went. And to be quite honest, a lot of these plays that I've seen, I like I like, like watching plays and shit, right? Um, but a lot of these that I've seen... Or I'm glad that that I won the lottery because I didn't like a bunch of them. And if I would have paid, you know, like full regular price, I would have been tight. Um, and Cats was one of them. It was, I don't know, it didn't really have a, a story to it. Well, first off, let me tell you what I liked. I liked the set. The set is like one of the most like elaborate, like the stage. It was like one of the most elaborate, cool things I've seen. It was meant to look like an alleyway in New York, but just like with uh, tires and clothes and and like broken glass and abandoned cars and and grocery carts that are missing a wheel and bras and and just like a bunch of different shit that you see through like New York streets and like that you would see like in an alleyway and all these cats um, are throughout the play are like stray cats in new york and their costumes were another thing that were dope they were pretty like elaborate and cool but that's pretty much where it ended um i didn't like like any of the songs or the music or the 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 dancing i'm not big on there was like one like tap dancing like sequence which like looked kind of cool um and i did like the fact actually that they came up like the set kind of like fed into where the seats were like stretched out and some of them would like run up to like where you you were seated like into the crowd um a little bit and that was kind of cool because uh, it kind of like broke the fourth wall type of thing but that's pretty much it the rest of it is like it wasn't there wasn't a story to it it was pretty much the point of the play i believe was to show that just how different people are living their lives and have different personalities and stuff like that cats are the same way and there's the cat that's a little a little pimp that likes to bang a whole bunch of different cats there's a a cat that's the friendly one that all the other cats know and are cool with there's another cat that's like the rag tag fucked up looking cat that everybody picks on and nobody likes there's the the you know all different types and they were just like showing that like i'm the cat that likes this and then i'm the cat that likes that and then um that's it that was like the whole fucking play literally an intermission um my wife <laughs> went to the bathroom and she overheard like somebody saying it's okay but i don't know what the hell it's about you know what i mean so at least i know i wasn't alone <laughs> and then um when we were leaving i actually overheard this couple uh speaking about it and the woman tells the guy something to the effect of oh yeah i'm, I'm glad i saw i read the book because if not i wouldn't have understood anything that was going on so i guess there's a book that explains it um what the play is supposed to be about and shit like that um and maybe if i maybe a bunch of shit just went over my head but 
going into it blind, like just watching the play or whatever, that's that's what I got from it. So whatever. It is what it is. If you if you have the opportunity to check out that previous episode that I did, again, video podcast extra number fifty seven, it shows you how to how to apply to these or I show you how to apply to these like Broadway tickets. Um these uh lotteries and i recommend it in that way but paying full price and shit like that i wouldn't for this one and that's my take on cats and lastly i'm reading right now a book called the magic of thinking big by david schwartz it was recommended on a few different podcasts that i've listened to and it's okay um probably like a quarter of the way through so i don't want to give like a full i guess like feedback on it but so far I've gotten more, it's like within the same vein as like a book like Tools or The War of Art, uh, both of which I mentioned in the past. And I feel I've gotten more, it's like the same types of concepts and thoughts um, that I've gotten from those books. And I think I get them, I got them more from those books than I have so far with this one, with uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. But like I said, it's still too too soon to uh, to give a full a recap on it just wanted to give you guys a heads up since i usually tell you like what i'm reading and shit like that and would definitely like some book recommendations from you folks so feel free to share the something that i that i guess i do like from it so far is that the the applications of it are more like businessy like work related in terms of like the examples that, that it uses like for example the war of art is more of of has like a creative type type of spin to it more of a of a like for writers and and creatives right um but the same like underlying concepts of following your gut and and going for following your dreams and but putting in the work to get there like in a practical way they're not just going to come to you don't just sit back and wait type of thing so it's like similar type of concepts in in this book but this book instead of being geared towards more of a creative twist or bend it's more of a a business work environment oriented so maybe that's why i'm not um too thrilled about it but uh like i said still too early to to tell you guys definitively and if you haven't read those other books and you just read this one then then you would probably get just as much from it or a lot more from it than I feel that I'm getting so far, just because I feel that I've gotten the same things from those other books and was able to to take them in more easily. And uh, that's pretty much it. That is The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. I'll let you guys know more about it when I finish it. And that's pretty much it, folks. That's the episode, episode number 69 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, shout out by the way i've been wanting to shout out virginia by the way the state of virginia which is the leading state in terms of downloads for the spontaneity podcast i see you virginia thank you very much appreciate it and um that's pretty much it for the episode i'm gonna tell you guys a few ways you can help support the episode so if you want to stick around and listen to that feel free and if not check out the next episode that comes out in a couple weeks the first way you can help support the Spontaneity Podcast is by signing up to my newsletter. 
I have a newsletter called the Midday Monday Boost Letter. You can sign up to it totally for free. And if you do so, I think you'd like it. You'd appreciate it. It's pretty much a list of, not pretty much, it is a list of five different things every Monday at noon that I email out to all these subscribers. And those five things include a featured photographer of the week, uh, somebody that took a dope picture that I liked, and that's it. Um, a podcast of the week, a featured podcast. It's a podcast that resonated with me for whatever reason. And I wanted to share with you guys. I want you guys to check it out so you can get something from it as well. Um, a video of the week. A inspirational quote of the week. Or not necessarily inspirational, just like a dope quote that resonated with me that I wanted to share with you guys. And a word of the week. So you get this short email with these five things in it. And it's just once a week, every Monday at noon, to help boost your Mondays. So check it out if you're interested at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. And there on that page, all you have to do is drop in your email address. Don't forget that when you do that, you get an email opt-in, an opt-in email um, asking you to confirm that you want to subscribe to the newsletter. Just click yes. And then you will get the very next midday Monday boost letter. Let me know what you guys think. Also, for any creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five-question questionnaire with five questions about your craft, what it is that you're into, whether it's podcasting, uh, maybe it's writing as well, maybe it's both. Um, it's five questions that are open-ended that you guys can fill out at sponsory.com forward slash questionnaire. And um, you can choose to remain anonymous if you want to or or not you know maybe you want to be the be known as the person that answered the five questions uh, when i read your responses to um the listeners of the sponsored podcast on a future episode uh, that's what i do to pretty much share you know tips and tricks and uh, maybe maybe some of your responses could help inspire somebody else to pursue something that they've been wanting to pursue that they're kind of sort of on the fence with or maybe they don't know how to start and maybe something that you say um, that you answer for one of those questions helps them do that and if that's the case why not why not spark inspiration where and when we can that's the whole goal of the questionnaire. So check it out. It's at sponsor.com forward slash questionnaire. It's just five short questions. And feel free to answer them however you want. Next, if you like photos, uh, photography, you can pretty much like lance, lance, blah, landscape style photography. That's what I take most of. Um, I like taking pictures of stuff. And I put them up. The ones that I think are dope, I put up at sponsor.com forward slash photography. You can digitally download any of them for free and um, check them out whenever you want. There's a way that you can order prints of all that photography as well. That's not free, but if you want like a poster or or like a canvas or a picture frame with one of those photos, like there's a cool one that I like with like an old school fire engine and there's uh, one of the uh, pyramid at um, Chichen Itza. 
and just like cool pictures like that that you might find interesting that you might want uh, prints of you can order prints at created.com c-r-a-t-e-d.com forward slash spun today and you'll find there all the photography that's on my website you will find that created.com forward slash spun today where you can order uh, prints of any of my photography one of the best ways you can help support the spun today podcast is by using my affiliate links um to do your shopping on amazon or on itunes and you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links or if you just go to spuntoday.com at the top you're going to see all these pages that i'm referencing whether it's the affiliate links page or the subscribe page uh, for the newsletter or the photography page etc um all you have to do is click on any of those and it'll take you to these pages that i'm referencing so spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links there you will see an amazon banner and you can click on the amazon banner and it's just going to take you to amazon's website and you do your shopping like you normally do and it does not cost you anything extra but amazon gives me a couple pennies on the dollar from their cut of whatever it is that you purchase just for driving traffic to their website so if you want to support the podcast financially without it costing you anything that's a great way to do it and it's uh, greatly appreciated when you do I want you guys to check out my book, Make Way for You. It is available wherever ebooks are sold, whether it's Kindle, iBooks, wherever you read your your ebooks. Or if you want to order a paperback copy, feel free to go to either my website at spunte.com forward slash books and click on the book cover. And it'll take you to Amazon's page where my book is located and you can order a paperback copy there. And um, let me know what you guys think. I'm really interested in you guys rating and reviewing it. I would really appreciate it if you did. And so much so that I'm offering the book for free. Um, If you don't want to purchase it, uh, go to that page that I just referenced, spuntoday.com forward slash books. And you can, at the bottom of that page, drop in your email address. And I'll send you over a free copy of the book. It'll be a PDF copy, so it won't be as cool or as interactive as the like iBooks version or the Kindle version where you can like click on different links that I reference and throughout the book and stuff like that. But, you know, you get the full copy of the book in a PDF format and you can read it and hopefully gain some uh, inspiration and motivation from it. That's my intention with the book and I hope it ha- adds some value to you in your life so check it out it's called make way for you tips for getting out of your own way so if you need a little kick in the ass a little spark of inspiration check it out thank you very much for listening to the podcast wherever you do listen to podcasts whether it's on google play or itunes or stitcher or pocket casts or wherever it is that you listen i really appreciate you guys listening and and requesting that you rate and review the podcast or just rate the podcast, whichever one you prefer. That helps the podcast gain exposure and, you know, it puts more people onto it and more people get to listen to it because they know about it, because they see it like ranking, like on the quote unquote podcast charts or whatever. They don't have to scroll to page 10,000 to see the sponsored podcast. You know, the more you rate it, it might be, you know, around page 5,000 or something like that. You know, you never know dream big folks dream big (laughs) 
Um, what else? What else? What else? Follow me on social media at Spun Today on Twitter or at Spun Today on Instagram. And check out the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. And the last way that you can help support the podcast financially or two final ways is by checking out my viral style store which you can buy like spun today gear whether it's mugs that have the spun today logo as well as the catchphrase that i end every episode with or uh, t-shirts that i've created that are on there that are like geared towards writing and stuff like that and the last way you can help support the podcast is by supporting it on a per episode basis you can donate a dollar per episode or two dollars per episode or whatever it is that you want to donate per episode and just uh, to give you some context i release two episodes per month um but you can set up this reoccurring donation by going to patreon.com forward slash spun today p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today and what happens when you become a patron is that there are four different levels of rewards go to patreon.com forward slash spun today and you will see what those reward levels are and what they get you some of them get you a shout out on the podcast as well as a spun today limited edition bookmark some of them get you free copies of my book and future books as they come out and um there's different levels so check it out depending on how much you decide to donate um which again is greatly appreciated and all proceeds will go to continuing to fund the like bandwidth and costs associated with uh releasing this podcast to make sure that i'm able to keep it free in perpetuity and uh free free for you guys because it does cost me some and um eventually hopefully uh to be able to use that money for a professional editor for future books that i put out so if you definitely if you want to be involved directly in that way feel free again to check out patreon.com forward slash spun today and it will be greatly appreciated and that's it folks thank you very much for checking out episode number 69 of the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz and as always substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.